0: Those of you who have been here this morning are aware of the fact that rabbis officiate at weddings, as I had the privilege to do with the parents of both, our Bata and bar mitzvah. But of course, rabbis are there for the other end of life as well. And I want to say something about two people for whom I conducted Shiva Minyanim, this week as an introduction to my remarks today two people from our congregation whom we lost. The first was Marvin Teitelbaum, and the reason I mention Marvin's name is when I first walked into his home, I was delighted, and not astonished, just delighted, that it was stuffed to the gills with books. Because when I grew up, That was the definition of a Jewish home. A Jewish home was a home that had a lot of books, but not for show. Marvin had read them, and Jewish history and learning lived in him. It was a part of who he was, and in fact, those sorts of things run in the family because as I was leaving, his little grandson insisted I not leave the house until he showed me the collection of dreidels that they had. The day before that, I had done a Shiva, For David Amsterdam. Some of you may remember David used to sit right back there every single Shabbat, never missed a Shabbat, and in fact used to come during the Minyan too. And as I said at the Shiva, I had a ritual with David because he had hearing aids and he couldn't hear the sermon without a little black transmitter that he would bring up, and in later years, when it became hard for him to walk, he would have someone else bring up and put on the bima so that I knew, even if everybody else in the congregation was sleeping, David was listening to my sermon. I said that at the house of Shiva, and as I was leaving, his daughter came up to me and said, You know, we think you should have this, and gave me the transmitter, and his granddaughter then said, we buried him with his hearing aids, you can still talk to him. So, Marvin and David, since Jewish history lived in both of you, I hope you're listening. Something from Jewish history, in a certain way, is about to repeat itself, and that's why history is so important. Because this week is the Olympics. Now, I'm, uh, like most people, hot and cold Olympic fan. That is, when something's really great, I watch it. I don't pay attention day to day, but I think the Olympics are terrific things. But I remember the Olympics in 1936, not from memory, but from Jewish history. In 1936, the Olympics were held in Berlin. They were the Nazi Olympics. Jewish athletes, with one exception that squeaked in without their knowing, were not allowed to compete. And it wasn't yet the Holocaust, but it was the precursor to the Holocaust and the world knew and they didn't care. The reason this is so important is because I have lately been having discussions and working with Uyghur activists The estimates are that there are a million Uyghurs in China right now who are serving in forced labor camps, being physically abused, abused in other ways that you can imagine. And I don't have the detail from the Bima in a congregation where there are children in awful ways. It's not like the world doesn't know the world knows. It's not like activists haven't been speaking and then subsequently been jailed. One woman I've been working with her husband won the Sakharov prize for human rights. He's been in jail in China for eight years. She doesn't know what kind of conditions because you can't get information out of China. We know the companies that sponsored the 1936 Olympics like Coca-Cola are sponsoring the 2022 Olympics as well. Not only that, but we know that companies that actually, like Hugo Boss, who created the Nazi uniforms, who manufactured them, are sourcing their cotton from the part of China that is the Uyghur region, where forced labor is producing cotton. Now, we don't know, since 20% of the world's cotton comes from that region, what exactly is sourced in forced labor, because, of course, the Chinese won't tell you. I presume the companies know, but they're not talking. The reason it matters is not because what is happening to the Uyghurs is a Holocaust. But something doesn't have to be the Holocaust, which is the worst example of inhumanity in all of human history, to be truly awful and for the Jewish people to feel like we have an obligation to speak up. This week, I received this letter. I don't know if you can see it, but it's got little kids signing all over it. See, I wanna read it to you. To our friends at Sinai Temple, after hearing about the standoff in Texas, our congregation wants to extend our love and devotion to you and to extend our prayers to the entire Jewish community. In remembrance of Dr. King, this quote stands up. I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. As friends and neighbors, we are here for you, the Westwood United Methodist Church. All the kids sign that letter. Now if that moves you, then you realize that religious communities have to stand up when something wrong happens. And we can't ask the world to stand for us if we don't care what happens to others. Nobody in whom Jewish history lives can watch the Olympics and not feel a little queasy. Not say, look, I don't want to deprive athletes of the work of a lifetime by saying they shouldn't go. I don't think that's the solution. But I don't want to keep quiet either. I don't want to close our eyes. I don't want to pretend that it isn't happening. One of my Uyghur friends taught me a proverb that says a person can be blamed for not knowing, cannot be blamed, sorry, for not knowing, but they can be blamed for not asking. I think anybody who knows anything about Jewish history knows that it is indifference as much as hate that is responsible for the persecution of our people. Most people were not murderers, but most people turned their eyes away from those who were. We are Jews. We don't pretend to be asleep. I thought about that this week when I saw the books on Marvin's shelf, when I thought about the fact that David, who was raised in England, and had memories of the Second World War that were very powerful, used to come to show and speak about them. We know what is going on. We have a voice. We should use it. This week's Parsha, Mishpatim, is all about standing up for justice. So we're Jews we should stand. Shabbat shalom.